activate. Are you ready? AI Nexus Hello, and thank you for joining us for yet another episode of AI Nexus. Here with me, as usual, is our distinguished co-host, Elias. What's up, Elias? Hey, good morning, Newton. Good morning. It's been going good. It's been a little bit of a somber morning, to be honest with you. The, uh, you know, just kind of been researching the past couple of weeks and, during my research, just just I know everybody knows what's going on with uh, with the war with Israel and um, with Palestine and everything with Hamas. Yeah, so it's just it's, it's it's like all of that's kind of sprinkled in with all the news cycle that's going on right now. So trying to just keep my head above water with trying to just stay focused on on pertinent data, but. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's so unfortunate we have another war upon us uh, again, you know. And this time around, um, AI is playing a more impactful role. And, and you know, many are unaware, but um, the Israel war against Hamas in May of 2021, which was um, dubbed Operation Guardian of the Walls, is considered as the world's first AI war, you know. And in that war... Artificial intelligence was used to collect data, to um, extract critical intelligence on enemy activities, and also, you know, to streamline the targeting of missiles. This time around, um, AI is more of a a double-edged sword in the ongoing war, with both beneficial and detrimental implications. I, I saw in the news that in Soroka Medical Center, located just east of Gaza, um, AI facial recognition is being used to help family members locate and identify their missing loved ones. You know, families are, are being requested to send in photos of their missing persons. And um, the AI software is able to match these photos to images of real victims of the war, including individuals whose features have been impacted by physical trauma. You know? Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And on the other hand, no one can refute the fact that AI has amplified the mediatization of the ongoing Israel-Hamas war. AI, and generative AI in particular, has made it extremely difficult to distinguish fact from fiction, Elias. It's made it so hard to distinguish what is current news from outdated and incorrect news. Um, You probably have seen, you know, the video clips, multiple video clips online with those um, fake paragliders, large numbers of paragliders descending on that amusement park, claiming to be, you know, linked to the October 7th uh, massacre. Yeah. All that stuff, fake, AI generated, you know. And there are also videos of, you know, thousands of 
fake rockets lighted up the night sky and people claiming that was um, Hamas with um, their enhanced weaponry. All of that, all fake, you know, all AI generated. And, um, and to add to that, almost all the major chatbots have got their facts on the wall all skewed up, you know. And at such a time when any misleading information can significantly exacerbate the atrocities committed on both sides, we are witnessing in real time AI inadvertently dictating the direction of a war, alas. For instance, when prompted, Google bot chatbot claimed a ceasefire truce between Israel and Palestinian militant groups, which came into effect earlier in May this year, is still in effect today. Microsoft's Bing chatbot, on the other hand, claims there is an active ceasefire between Israel and Hamas on the Gaza Strip. Mm -hmm. And this ceasefire came into effect on Friday the 10th of October 2023. But guess what, Elias? The only problem is Friday the 10th of October isn't a real date. You know, that day was a Tuesday, goddammit. And chat GPT Plus did not fare any better either. You know, uh, it also gave responses alluding to an active ceasefire. Sometimes these chatbots manage to get the facts right in the same conversation, but that typically requires repeated prompting and tweaking of the prompt format. It is it is concerning, Elias, just I mean, thinking yeah. how much of this information on the war is spewed into the World Wide Web by these chatbots every single day. Yeah, no, Newton, I'm just completely blown away at the fact that these chatbots are giving completely egregiously incorrect information. I mean, September the 10th was, like you said, on a Tuesday. Or October the 10th, I'm sorry. So, yes, I mean, and then saying that there's a ceasefire happening. I mean, technology is supposed to be a tool that's supposed to empower us, not to just give us incorrect information. And, And now it's getting to a point where some of this incorrect information can really be life or death and, and, and really even, you know, sway decisions of, uh, people in charge and in power, which is really something scary. Um, but, uh, kind of just really shift gears, Newton, uh, to something a little bit more positive, I guess, uh, for our listeners. I know last week, uh, last episode, rather, I had kind of teased our listeners that Meta was going to be making their big announcements um, with not just what they did with the mixed reality uh, Ray-Ban glasses, but with their uh, chatbot and AI characters. So they had... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Meta's officially entering the AI chatbot wars so hopefully um, it's not going to be just another chatbot giving incorrect information like the others, you know. But with this announcement, it's a little bit different because, you know, they're coming out with not just a chatbot, but also AI characters uh, that it's releasing in WhatsApp, Instagram, and Messenger, which I'm fairly excited about. So for anyone who has used OpenAI's ChatGPT or any other chatbots like Anthropic's Claude, Meta's AI will immediately feel familiar, Newton. 
So Meta sees it as a general purpose assistant for everything, for example, from planning a trip with friends in a group chat to answering questions you'd normally ask a search engine. So Newton, on the latter piece, Meta is actually announcing a partnership with Microsoft's Bing to provide real-time web results, which sets Meta AI apart from a lot of the other free AIs out there that don't have super recent information. And, you know, Newton, another big aspect of Meta AI is its ability to generate images like Midjourney or OpenAI's DALI via the prompt slash imagine. Now, Newton, in my brief demo, it produced compelling high-res photos in a few seconds. Really? Like all of, yeah. So like all of Meta's AI features being announced this week, this image generation is totally free to use, which I'm beyond excited about personally. So Meta's VP of Generative AI, Ahmad, who has been leading the assistance development, wouldn't exactly say what it's trained on, but he did describe it as a custom-made large language model that is based on a lot of different core principles behind Llama 2. So the rapid adaptation of Llama 2 has helped Meta refine how its own assistant works. He actually was quoted as saying, Newton, that you know we just saw a huge demand for the models and then we saw an incredible amount of innovation happening on the models that really helped us understand their performance and understand their weakness and help us iterate and leverage some of those components directly into product. So now, Newton, in terms of how Meta AI differs from Llama 2, Ahmed actually said his team spent time refining the additional data sets for conversations so that we can create a tone that is actually conversational and friendly in a way that AI assistants respond. So a lot of the existing AIs out there can be very robotic or bland. And then, you know, Meta expanded the model's context window or the ability to leverage previous interactions to generate what the model produces next so that we can build a deeper, more capable back and forth with users. And he also said that Meta AI has also tuned to give concise answers. So something interesting that I wanted to also touch upon here really quick, Newton, was alongside the assistant, the company is actually beginning to roll out an initial roster of 28 AI characters across its messaging apps, which I'm very excited about this because many of them are based on celebrities like Charlie D'Amelio, Dwayne Wade, Kendall Jenner, Mr. Beast, Snoop Dogg, and Paris Hilton. Others are themed to specific use cases like travel agent, for example, So a very interesting twist with this is an aspect of these characters, their embodiments. So as you chat with one of them, their profile image subtly changes and animates based on the conversation. So the effect is more immersive than just 2D chatbots that have interacted with in the past. You know, so it's very, very, very interesting to get to see some of this stuff in real time. Wow, Alas, uh, that that's something, right? Uh, with Meta and these chatbots with these characters. Um, one thing I'm not very clear on, though, is um, let's say you're chatting with a particular chatbot. Let's say that has the likeness of um, um, 
let's say Kanye West, for example. So um, all the information, advice, and facts that will be spilled out by this chatbot, would they be like coming out from the mind of Kanye West? And then let's say you now switch over and speak to someone like Paris Hilton, and she would have a different opinion. Um, I'm trying to, uh, honestly, I, I don't, I cannot see why we need them. Um, but, but maybe I'm missing something here, Elias. Yeah. So it's not so much that, like for Kendall Jenner, for example, or Mr. B, mm. they're just visualizations of that avatar. So the, for example, I think Kendall Jenner's, I think her, her avatar's name is Billy. I think if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I don't recall the exact naming of the avatar, mm. but they're just, it's not like the actual information is coming from Kendall Jenner. So when you're speaking to these, it's very clear that it's just a visual representation of that as the celebrity, for example, it's just their likeness, but their name wow. is something different, you know? So like Paris Hilton's name may be Sally or some, something like that. They're just meant to be a visual chatbot to where it's very in real time to where you're having a conversation back and forth with somebody. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing that I got to kind of play around with and demo for a second, a uh, couple of weeks ago. So it's, and especially with it coming to WhatsApp Newton and messenger, it seems like mm. Matt is trying to uh, kind of get back into the business of tying everything into one ecosystem for messaging across the board. So it's going to be interesting to see how these chatbots are to where if you're wanting to actually talk to a live person, it kind of is reminiscent of, I've said this before, that movie Her with Walking Phoenix to where mm. people are going to just, lonely people are just going to start talking to these chatbots that they see as celebrities, but now it's like personalized to them. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just have to wait and see how this uh, materializes. Really, uh, I'll be hard pressed to find you know use cases for this where you know it would probably um, stand the test of time. Because I mean, you would if you ask. Uh, so if you ask, let's say Kanye West, what's um, eight divided by four? The answer would be two. You ask Paris Hilton the same thing. The answer is two, so it's just all about the uh, the interface with the public that's different. I I don't know I don't know. Um, again, not, not to compare things here, but you know the guests we had on the podcast, uh, they had already built something like this and even taken it a step further, right? Remember we had yes. Dr. Paudi and and Dev, right? Oh, yeah. uh, though their companies. It's not at uh, the same, you know, level as I would say Meta, but they have Teddy AI, right? Teddy AI is streamlined, you know, to meet the needs of kids. So that's even taking it one step further. I'm guessing Meta had to publish this quickly, but they would probably get around to having the AI model behind also customized, you know, to these actors as well, uh, these celebrities, so to say. And then, even then, I would still have more questions, you know, who would want to go speak to these characters just to see what they might say based on who the world thinks they are? 
uh, I've just I've seen bits and pieces of the news all over, but I just really couldn't wrap my head properly around what was going on because I had huge amount of money was being paid to some of these celebrities just to grab their likeness. So I was, oh yeah, I was expecting we're gonna no, Newton. I was just saying, I was saying it's completely insane about the amount of money that these celebrities were getting paid just for a day's worth of work. I mean, I think Kendall Jenner or Mr. Beast, I think he got paid like a million dollars for them going in for just a few hours to, 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 to record their likeness. I had someone who's paid $5 million just for about an hour of something. I don't know who that was. I think it's one of your NFL stars. Wow. Is it Brad or what's his name? Not Tom Brady. Well, one of the Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady probably. Right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, we'll just have to wait and see. But again, just taking a step back, it's now clear that, you know, uh, these behemoths, alas, they're not here to play in this AI race. And this is just metal jumping in with the guns blazing. You know, they're not getting left behind. I don't know if you had recently as well, Microsoft and Google, uh, they announced these new AI tools, which are expected to um, dramatically improve the way doctors and other clinicians administer healthcare. Hmm. While Microsoft is making these AI tools available via Azure AI and Microsoft Fabric, Google, on the other hand, will be making its own tools available via the Google's Vertex AI search platform. And uh, these AI tools are designed to help clinicians swiftly access health-related information collected from multiple data sources and applications. You know, these tools can, uh, they can pull relevant patient data from electronic health records and images, lab systems, medical devices, etc. They, they are pulled into a single repository where they can be easily processed to retrieve only information of interest. You know, the main goal is uh, they're looking to save clinicians time and energy, which would otherwise have been spent, you know, checking each medical device individually. Oh, wow, Newton. I uh, have to take a look further into that. That uh, skipped past my radar this week. Um, It's just... Like I said, I was just doing so much research, just trying to keep up with everything. And uh, one thing I did come across that did pop up my radar, I wanted to bring up really quick. I know that on one of our earlier episodes, we had talked about AGI or rather, you know, artificial generative intelligence. So, yeah. So I just really briefly kind of wanted to... um, bring it to a close with this tidbit of uh, news for you. So I know that, you know, all roads lead to AGI as rumors are abound that OpenAI actually plans to release its autonomous agent Jarvis at its dev day in November. So the company actually quietly updated its core values to make their primary focus achieving artificial generative intelligence. Now, a demo of ChatGPT4 voice features Jarvis, an agent ready to assist with everything, including nearly unsupervised business negotiations. So, Newton, if true, this update could fundamentally change the world as we know it. It may also explain OpenAI's acquisition of global elimination as being able to to help train AI agents in a gamified real-world simulation. So the agency actually developed early-stage products for Instagram and Facebook, as well as a MMORG. So in a previous 
interview with Sam Altman, he actually defined AGI as the equivalent of a median human that you could hire as a coworker. <laughs> and to me, that sounds a lot like an AI agent. So, you know, AI agents are the next step for many large language model based companies in every area from customer research to real estate, you know, and notable competition here, Newton is going to be coming from Microsoft's Autogen. Uh, it's a framework that actually enables building large language model apps using multiple conversing agents. And like how you were just talking about, um, Google's upcoming Gemini framework, I think is also aiming to be an incredible universal personal assistant integrated throughout people's daily travel work entertainment, you know, so I guess it's just, we're gonna have to wait to see, did OpenAI really crack AGI with, uh, with what they're going to be releasing with autonomous agents. It's, it's going to be a uh, very interesting time to see what's, what's going to be able to happen, you know? So I think when OpenAI releases autonomous agents, it's going to be like an intelligent swarm of bees clicking around the internet, sending emails, negotiating, making products, purchases, fulfilling orders, etc. You know, Newton, it's going to fundamentally change the internet and this cannot be overstated. Yeah, Les, uh, I, I wish I could uh, mask my my disapproval of, of that message from OpenAI, you know. It's a concern in um, addition to the internet, which as you and I have been speaking about and preaching about like forever, the internet has been messed up, right? We all agree on that. On truths been spilled by these chatbots um, into the internet has messed it up. We do not have the internet we had five years ago. You know, it's so unreliable, um, which is apparent in the current, uh, you know, ongoing war, the disinformation I spoke about earlier. Now we're just amplifying the capability of AI, you know, to perform other activities online, right? To basically do take over the human touch that, you know, we, we, we could have, you know, relied on every now and then to help filter out the garbage that's on the internet, you know. On the one side, if this is actually materialized, it's just the next logical step for artificial intelligence to get to a place where it replaces the next human activity that can be performed gets replaced by artificial intelligence. We all know that. We're looking at a, a utopian future where, you know, artificial intelligence will be doing all the job and everyone gets paid, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's not like it's such a, you know, groundbreaking revelation, so to say. Uh, and I could really speak about that at length, but it's not all all dark and gloomy. Um, we cannot deny the, the, the benefits the same company OpenAI has brought to the world. You know, OpenAI recently launched this residency program, which is paying almost a quarter of a million dollars. Tune into the next episode for a continuation. AI Nexus.